This is Dead Air, the unofficial Grateful Dead radio program for the official releases. I'm Corey, and we have covered a lot of auctions involving the Grateful Dead. Uh, Usually, these auctions are with psychedelic concert posters with the Grateful Dead on the bill. We have also uh, reported on musical instruments used by the Grateful Dead. Well, we have another one for you. That's in a completely different category in itself. My name is Rick Miner, and I am Barrett Jackson's media consultant. So I'm at every auction every year. I've been involved with Barrett Jackson since 2002 in various roles. If you like dead shows, you'd love Barrett Jackson because it's a feast for all your senses. Everybody gets along. Just like you could be at a show, and you know, I don't know that I've ever seen a fight break out at a Grateful Dead show, you know, in the crowd. And you, you don't see that at Barrett Jackson. You got people from all walks of life with all sorts of tastes, and everyone's here to enjoy what they see. It's a similar group. Barrett Jackson is a unique automotive experience. It's a carnival, it's a car show, it's a lifestyle event. It's a collector car auction. You can pick out the interior of your jet plane here. You can buy a garage lift. You can buy a mattress for your house. There'll be 300,000 people who'll come through this event. We'll sell, you know, 50 over 1,951 cars, I believe. Barrett Jackson does four auctions a year. Scottsdale is our biggest. This is the 49th year that Barrett Jackson is under Scottsdale auction and sort of sets the tone for the entire collector car market for the rest of the year for all the other auctions that exist. Well, then we do a show in Florida, generally in the end of March or the beginning of April, then in the Northeast at the Mohegan Sun Casino in June, and then we're in Las Vegas in late September or early October. It's like the greatest show on earth. I don't know how to describe it. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And the marketplace has gotten great for the imports, for supercars, for the traditional muscle cars, and, and more so lately, what we call resto mods, restored and modernized. So you want a car that looks like a 57 Chevy, but you want a 2018 engine in it, you can do that. So the car runs perfectly. You don't have to think about that. They're called resto mods. Generally means restored and modified or restored and modernized. And they're a blast to drive. We have something for everybody at this hour. Barrett Jackson sells cars that are what we would call entry-level cars. The $8,000 cars and $800,000 cars. Cars that are in absolute original condition, unrestored, exactly the way they were made. Some have been kept up, some have been restored, some have not. And there's great value in an absolutely original vehicle. More so if it's been kept in good shape, of course. But still, it can only be original once. People come in to look at these exhibitors, to look, take the test rides from manufacturers, to see all of that stuff, all the vendors on site. Um, we actually start selling automobilia which are things like gas station signs and pumps. And we start selling cars on Monday afternoon, and we'll sell cars right through next Sunday. You can register a bit at Barrett Jackson. You can 
Barrett Jackson will have a representative bid for you if you want to set that up. You can register as a bidder and call in, or Barrett Jackson will contact you when that vehicle is about to cross the block. You can register bid online and bid on the internet, or you can come in and bid in the house. You know, you register bid and you set up a credit limit and you go for it. You know, to deadheads, the, the connection is the, you know, the 23 window Volkswagen van. You know, I mean, the transportation is, you know, as a, as a deadhead in those days, man, you just needed to get from show to show. You needed to get as many people in that vehicle with you as you could. You know, because you had to pay for the gas. So I don't think we were worried about performance. We were worried about what happens when we get pulled over? Will the tires make it? And do we have enough money for gas? It was one point years and years ago when Barrett Jackson was doing a part of their automobilia sale. They were doing some rock and roll memorabilia, and they had some of Jerry's artwork that I bid on, but I didn't get it. You think that they'd cut you a deal because, you know, you're connected with Barrett? I don't think so. You know, <laughs> let's face it. These guys are selling cars. <laughs> They're not known for cutting deals. <laughs> nice, man. The uh, lot that struck my eye is lot 1619. I don't know if you had know the lot number Absolutely. off the top of your head. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a 1949 Studebaker M5 truck known as the Dread, which was owned by Owsley Stanley. Owsley Stanley, he was the Grateful Dead's financial backer, landlord, sound man, also supplier of LSD. We've chatted it up with various individuals, including Steve Silberman and Robert Greenfield, and they have all discussed the importance that the man they called Bear and his impact that he's had on the Grateful Dead. He was the one who said that every show should be taped. I mean, the only reason that anybody can hear any of this music is because Bear, the great compulsive one, brought a very expensive top-of-the-line tape recorder that he plugged into the soundboard that he had set up. And he really invented, I would say, modern concert amplification. To tape the show, why? So that he could listen to it afterwards to make sure that everything sounded great in the house. Everybody, even the Beatles, used the so-called voice of the theater uh, speaker horns that were just like good for blasting, but not, not much dynamic range or detail. And Owsley replaced it with really a stereo system that where you'd get an image, a 3D image in space of the band playing if you closed your eyes. He really changed things for the better in terms of modern PA concert amplification. Then he began playing those tapes for the band while not so subtly saying like, hey, you know what? You guys could do better. I mean, look what you're doing here. Like, come on. He also invented basically dead taping. And they kind of responded to that. I mean, he was also bankrolling them at that point. You know, he'd bought them all their equipment. He was famous for being the dead's patron in the early days, literally financing their sound system with LSD money. Taking them to L.A. when they wanted to follow the acid test, you know. And that truck that they used to follow the acid test and to load up their equipment, back to Rick Miner. Apparently this truck, the story goes, is what they used to take their gear down to L.A. for the first first album. 
concession. And they moved it all over all over San Francisco to all the clubs they were playing with. They used it to move equipment for the dead. More info on Owsley Stanley. Back to Steve Silberman and Robert Greenfield. He had a huge amount of influence on them in the early years. His perfectionism, his desire, his creation of the wall of sound. I mean, this was also an extraordinarily accomplished human being, a ballet dancer, a blacksmith. He was a weird dude, you know? A guy who went out into the wilds of Australia, squatted on land and built like an entire, I don't know what word to use for it, like an encampment. Fairly sophisticated, solar power, wind power. There's nothing Bear couldn't do with his hands. And uh, did I leave it out? Uh, create, you know, synthesize the most powerful LSD that, and the purest form of LSD that anyone had ever seen except for what came from Sandoz, uh, which was the pharmaceutical con- company in Switzerland, where Dr. Albert Hoffman uh, synthesized LSD-25, which was the 25th synthesis of LSD that he'd been experimenting with. And Owsley, of course, not only made better acid than Sandoz Pharmaceuticals in Switzerland, the guys who invented LSD. And Albert Hoffman said he's the only one who ever got the formulization correct. And Bear did that by going to the Bancroft Library at University of California, Berkeley, for a couple of weeks, reading all of the existing literature about the cre- LSD is really hard to make. It's very fragile. The conditions under which you make it have to be perfect. The stuff is not easily... It's not like making meth in, a, in somebody's kitchen. This is a very sophisticated molecule that has to be dealt with in a way that is, you know, usually only inside a full-on professional laboratory. There learned how to do this with the help of his girlfriend, who was studying research chemistry, and, you know, basically turned on the world. I mean, it basically all comes from Bear's acid. The truck apparently was bought by Owsley around 1965, and uh, he had it until about 1970 when he went to prison. It was given to Alan Rhodes by Owsley when, when he went to jail. And then uh, he apparently sold it to another friend of Owsley's named William Clark. Clark owned it from 1970 until 2009. So in around 2010, uh, Stephen Cabela discovered the truck in Berkeley, California, and he bought it from the state. So he's owned the truck since then. And all of this is documented with the truck. The truck has a great deal of provenance, as we would call it, material that proves the history of the truck. So there are letters that go with the truck. There's a, a letter, a memo from the, uh, Owsley to the, the current owner, Stephen Cabello, that was signing it. You don't have that material. Whoever buys this truck, you can show where it's been since 1965. Uh, it's an eight-cylinder engine, four-speed manual. The truck is um, it's got what we would call a nice patina. It's got some rust on it. It looks like the back end of a bunch of uh, hallucinogens. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a faded psychedelic kind of tie dye wash. I'm sure the colors popped when it was first painted, <laughs> but uh, you know th- things are starting to fade. It, it, it's the real thing. 
There's no question. It's, you know, a kind of cracked up vinyl seat. You know, standard sticks sitting up in the middle of the floor. If you, if you know what the inside of a 49 pickup looks like, they're not known for their luxury items. It was not the wall of sound, that's for sure. Now, it doesn't mean in his mind it wasn't a rocket ship, as we all know. <laughs> and it runs. doesn't go too fast. But it, uh, it, it'll drive. It'll go. Uh, gas guzzler. I don't know that I drive it on the open road too well, but it runs. This is the kind of truck that if you're a deadhead, if you're an Owsley fan, you know, if you if you were somebody who was on the bus, you want this thing, man. It's a moment in history. It would be great to be able to drive it down to the water on a Sunday afternoon. One of the great things about Barrett Jackson and this truck and, and a lot of stuff we sell, this is a no-reserve auction. That means that this truck is going across the block and it sells for whatever it sells for. There's no minimum price you have to meet to buy it. So it's whatever the people in the audience or the people on the internet or, you know, people bidding in the multi by phone, multiple ways you can bid here at Barrett Jackson, whatever two people think it's worth, that's what it's worth. And that's what it'll sell for. You're buying a piece of rock in all history. What it's worth to two guys or two women, or, you know, two deadheads out there. Let's face it, who knows what they've been doing before they started bidding.